Hi, and welcome to the Vancouver Life Podcast. This podcast is created to answer the most talked about questions when it comes to navigating the Vancouver real estate market. I'm your host, Dan Wartell, a licensed agent and accredited real estate investment advisor based here in Vancouver, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Dash. Hi, Dan. I'm also a local realtor, an exhausted father of two, husband of one, and really happy to be here. Let's get right into today's episode. There are only 10,000 homes available in all of Greater Vancouver right now. Hello, welcome back to the Vancouver Life Real Estate Podcast and of course our YouTube channel. Uh, Today we are talking about how incredibly tight inventory is. And while this is happening locally, it's also happening nationally. Um, So like our headline just touched on, there's only about 10,000 active listings in GVRD right now. For reference, that is basically exactly how many homes there were uh, for sale in the month of July 2005, 16 years ago. And of course, what's the big difference between now and then? An additional half million people now live in the GVRD. We have 2.6 population in GVRD compared to 2.1 16 years ago. And yet all those new people living here are fighting for the same amount of active listings. My goodness. We all want to know why real estate is... Or when is real estate going to pop? Well, as long as the the population continues to grow the way it is, it's not going anywhere. I mean, that's kind of the whole story in the last 16 years. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is. You know, it, all the new inventory, I mean, it, it just gets snapped up immediately. And if... Uh, the Honestly, like the the quality of some of the stuff that when we we talk about this often, I sound like a broken record. But the quality of the listings that are on the market right now, they're just not enticing enough for a lot of these buyers, right? And here we are, sixteen years on uh, from from when we had very very similar inventory levels, but with way more people living here. So no wonder the cost has gone up, and no wonder it's become very difficult to find good homes. Yeah, inventory is just it speaks so much to what's going to happen with prices moving forward. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of reasons, but this one is one of the most influential factors is that there is simply not enough homes for the demand that exists. Well, and then you, you got to consider too, one more thing. You got to consider the uh, population or, or new immigrants that Canada is bringing in, right? 400,000 per year for the next three years. So 1.2 million more people are coming. With the vast majority of what you're going to end up in Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver. So I don't know if this gets better. Huh. Yeah, it's it's not trending that way. I mean, um, building permits we'll touch on and, and uh, new housing starts are all trending upwards and, and not a great rate. Uh, but again, they're just trying to catch up to, um, yeah. to again, to, to the existing demand and forward looking demand is, is looking tremendous as well. Um, quick touch here on um, inventory. Single family home, 10 year low, uh, no surprise. You know, that um, 16 year sort of equal uh, inventory that we just touched on, that was for all property types. But yeah, not surprising. Single family homes at a 10 year low. Um, new listings at a 10 year low, which is also going to be part of the um, inventory issue here. But a fun thing to kind of note the exact same data is happening in Toronto. They also are 10-year lows for both those metrics. So we're seeing very similar housing habits at either end, at either of the two major cities in our country here. 
Mm. Yeah, and I mean, um, for context, uh, so to kind of understand what a 10-year low is, right? So if we go back within the last 10 years, we look at the highest year. That was 2015 when we had the height of new listings. Where nationally speaking, we have about 250,000 new listings or active listings, I should say, on the market. Fast forward to today, we're at 120,000 on average across the country. And, you know, that also, when you have less supply, you're going to have less volume of sales. It's just, you, we can't keep up to the volume of sales with no inventory, right? So I, I'm, you know, yes, we are, we're coming off of some crazy numbers in March. And I think that that's, that's got to sustain. So the prices have to come down a little bit, but they're not going to come back too far. I mean, and, and this is why, because the, the fundamentals here, we just don't have the supply, right? Yeah, that's that's less than half the amount of homes from six years ago nationally. And yet, think, what's the population increase since then? One, one and a half million more people are in the country since 2015, and yet they have half as many homes to um, to try to buy. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And that, and then you know, we, we're going to kind of touch on something here where actually that supply is going to really continue to dwindle because. A lot of people that would have otherwise maybe had sold a property to get into another one, more and more people now are trying to hold on to that property and keep it as a rental or as an investment because over the last 44 years of owning real estate we've been tracking, it really hasn't gone down, right? So supply is also being further tightened by people who still live here. And that's another piece of this pie that really isn't being spoken about. Yeah, we talk a, a lot about how the supply is being repressed and how the demand is growing. And that's you know a big reason as to why housing prices are where they are. But yeah, Ryan touched on an important factor here is that if you have owned or watched a house uh, or the housing market rather over any amount of time, but let's go macro here and look at 15, 20, 40 years, essentially, you know, the, the chart has just gone up. Right. So why would you not look at housing as being secure asset? You know, I mean, you've seen what an average of 9% appreciation over the last 20 years here. I mean, it's, it's like the, it's like the stock market, right? Mm-hmm. NASDAQ all-time high this week, uh, Dow Jones all-time high this week, right? It's like everything about those markets and the Vancouver market says, look, as long as you just hold your property, it's going to go up in value. Now, yes, of course, we can't tell the future, but you know, you can't change the 50 years of data that we have. So mm. as a homeowner, you're like, great, well, as long as I just hold this thing, it's going to keep going up in price over time. And of course, what we're seeing now uh, is a lot of people are moving into that second house based and, and sorry, and being able to keep their existing one and turn that into a rental. So people are holding on to the real estate more than they ever have before because again, a it's making the money, and two, you know, it's hard to find uh, potentially another property out there that they like as much. So there's all sorts of reasons, but again, this one that we've kind of um, wanted to touch on this week is an important one. People are holding on to real estate more than they were 20 years ago. And the to, to speak to that, um, we actually met with somebody um, in one of Vancouver's most expensive neighborhoods, uh, Point Grey. And uh, just a, a, a story, as we were doing some uh, investigating and, and looking at the property, uh, this couple had purchased the home back in, in 1993 uh, for $403,000. It sits on a 10,000 square foot lot, so 30,000 square foot home in and about. Um, that very same home has been tax assessed at $7 million now. 
<laughs> which is a 17 times return on your money or 1700%, right? On a 20 year, 28 year investment. So, I mean, you know, when you have data like that, now that's an extreme case, right? But when you have data like that, and over that duration of time, and you've seen that level of growth, I mean, it equates to roughly half, a quarter of a million dollars a year to live in your house of <laughs> passive income, right? Uh, that, that's, a, that's an outrageous number. But that's, it, there's, there's actually a lot of cases that, that show these levels of, of performance. So this is what people know, right? So why would they be giving up these investments? I, I just, you know, I think, I think the, pro, the inventory issue is a bit bigger than um, just trying to catch up, right? Yeah, exactly. So having family members that are telling you that story and you look at it and you're like, wow, just by living in your home, your wealth increases by almost a quarter million dollars a year. It's, um, you can understand why these homes become generational and, yeah, uh, and, exactly. why, and why the owners <laughs> are able to help their kids um, buy their first home by tapping into this equity. And of course, why they believe in the power of real estate here. I mean, you know, everyone on that street likely saw similar returns uh, in that neighborhood too. So how can you not believe in it? Yeah. I mean, on that street back in 1993 or whatever, there were four houses, right? Now there's probably 14. <laughs> so That's fair. So obviously demand, demand, demand is there. Um, building permits uh, actually increased nationally by 9% last month, a massive jump and is currently at an all-time high. There have never been more building permits out in Canada as there is today. Um, it's about 290,000 nationally. Wow. So, you know, people are trying, <laughs> builders are trying, uh, and the permits look to be uh, given out at, at all time rates here. So, again, there's a lot of catch up to do here to make housing even remotely affordable for, for the average um, earner. But uh, at the end of the day, there is supply starting to inch up. Yeah, there, from new construction side, of course, there is. That would equate to a, a bit of a construction boom as well, right? Uh, generally speaking, um, and, and it's good for the economy. It's good to put those jobs, you know, into the economy and so on and so forth. Uh, but again, I think as long as uh, you know our immigration numbers are at you know four hundred thousand, I mean, that's just for this year. We have two hundred and ninety thousand nationally that we've started. I just playing catch up the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, so understandably, you know, as things have opened up here, as people are starting to work back downtown and as housing becomes even more affordable, uh, the look towards rental has greatly increased. Uh, maybe it's, you know, that flock to the suburbs is now flocking backwards or back down into the more um, suburban areas or sorry, urban areas where we have now seen a 7% increase in rents just last month wow. for these downtown cores. Wow. Wow. So rents obviously, you know, plummeted about, gosh, 20, 30% at the height of the pandemic. And they're inching back. And again, at the rate of just 7% last month alone. Well, that speaks to the economy opening up and, and the border, getting people back into the country. Um, definitely. I know we have a lot of people anecdotally who kind of sold out of some, some apartments to go back to school. Uh, they moved closer to, to the major schools, right? So again, pushing rent numbers up as um, inventory continues to slide. Yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> As Ryan and I both invest in Alberta, we keep an eye on the market there. So to share uh, a bit of data for anybody else who, who looks uh, to our province to the east, um, Calgary and Edmonton, they're seeing quite the 
quite the rush, quite the land rush right now, which is probably the first time they've seen it in about eight, nine years where um, sales are up 14% year over year. Uh, it's been a long time since we've been able to say that for that province. Yeah, um, And uh, of course, that is resulting in price increases where Calgary uh, has seen an average home increase about 10% year over year. And Edmonton is up around 7%. On so, the recovery. Uh, Bit of recovery there. Yeah. It has been a long cycle that they have sat at uh, the bottom of that cycle for. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, and just to touch on a little bit here, uh, the early August sales data um, showing basically the GVRD have uh, prices have flatlined at this point. Um, and I've expected, I guess we'll see where uh, September goes from here. Yeah. It's, you know, we got what, 10, 11 days of data here and um the prices are looking flat, which, you know, if you watched our last episode, that is a change from the last three months where they were dropping at about 20K per month. Uh, I think this is largely due, well, we know why it's due, obviously, because of the market's so tight right now. But I wanted to also reference that sales to active listings ratio that uh, had dropped quite steadily for three months. And you remember, Ryan, it just flatlined last month as well? Yeah, 33, well, 33%. Yeah. That shows how indicative that indicator is. Yeah. to pricing. So it's my favorite one. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so we saw sales to active listings ratio flatline last month and now we're seeing prices follow suit. Hmm. So okay. interesting stuff. Um, you know, for an interesting September. It really does. Cool. Well, I think that is it for us today. Um, thanks as always for watching. If you're enjoying these, please do subscribe and hit that bell so you get notified of our weekly updates. They do happen every Saturday morning at 6 a.m. Um, I think that's it. See you guys next week. All right. That wraps up this edition of the Vancouver Life Podcast. For more information on this podcast and to access a ton of free downloads, investment opportunities, current market info, and homes for sale, you can find it all at www.thevancouverlife.com. Thanks, and we look forward to bringing you more podcasts about Vancouver real estate.